coming to another episode of Cyberly Hits the Road. We've got a special guest for you today. My name is Blythe Brumleave, and we have Patrick Kelly of the Produce Industry Podcast for uh, my fellow supply chain and freight logistics folks. I got a good one for you today because we are live here in Orlando, Florida for Podfest Expo, and it's some of the top podcasters all over the country that are joining today and, and really all this weekend in order to expand their skill set and you know gain new skill sets and all that good stuff. But let's start with your podcast in particular, <laughs> Patrick. How did you get started with a, a produce-focused podcast? It's, it's even amazing me to this day. It's kind of funny because the creator of PodFest Chris Kremitzos, I always got to give him the shout out and, and he's, he's here somewhere. Um, but it's funny, you know, I had a podcast before this called Millennial Boom and it was all about the generations, the millennials and the boomers, everybody. How do we get them together? And it's controversial, right? You start stepping on toes between the ages of 20 and 60 and sometimes it's, hey, shut up and do what you're told and other times it's, why? What are we doing? So, you know, it's funny because Chris came to me because you've got a really controversial podcast. And I said, yeah, I go, it's my passion. And he goes, but don't you do produce and supply chain? And I said, yeah, that's my, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my normal job, right? Like, like almost like push it off. And he goes, why aren't you podcasting on that? And I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm no expert. What do I know? Mm. I'm just some guy from Fresno. There's nothing I can do, right? And, and Chris really just kind of coached me and said, you know, Let's look at the market. Let's look at this as any other opportunity. So that's what we did. We sat down March 27th of 2020, and we looked at who was in the marketplace, and we looked at what they were talking about. And then I thought to myself, how can we create value for the industry and how to grow together in a time where people were starting to separate. Because that's also, when you started your podcast, we were talking before uh, we hit record, and you said that you had started this podcast in March of 2020. So right when, you know, S is hitting the fan, you decided to start a produce industry podcast. Why? It really was the essence of, we had at all the news media and outlets calling us, hey, what's happening with citrus? I have a citrus background. And it was interesting because, you know, one of my partners was sitting there going, what are we doing? Why are we giving all this information? And I said, you know, my buddy had this great idea to start a podcast. I said, and we can make it focused and we can talk about this between friends and owners and colleagues and, and make something happen. And, and all of a sudden it was like, yeah, let's do this. So we started realizing where do you consume content? Maybe in the car to work, maybe in your AirPods when you're on the tractor. There were all types of ways that we needed the supply industry, the supply chain industry to consume this knowledge, whether you were on the ranch, right? In the packing shed, driving a truck, and then be able to say, this is the information I need, instead of just going to the paper every time. How many times do you get those videos in in your emails, or you get these long documents in? You don't have time to read those. So how do we create audio content for you on the go or in the office to get educated and get knowledge on the supply chain within produce. So let, let's talk a little bit about the supply chain in produce, but back it up just a little bit because you, you used to own a logistics company, you still work in supply chain. What is sort of your relationship with that industry and how did you get involved? I mean, if you look at the produce industry in general, I'm third generation. My grandmother or my Nana, as we call my dad's uh, mom, uh, she worked in the produce department. She worked in grocery stores. Guess where dad worked at some of his first jobs? grocery stores, everyone. So um, we, as kids, obviously my dad was an entrepreneur. 
And he started his own company in the in early 80s, PPI Bev Pack, which is a beverage packaging company. And who do you think, you know, helped that out? My brothers and I. I was picking oranges at the age of 15 in, in the orange groves of Florida. Oh, wow. So I started in the supply chain very early. I started realizing on the grower side, really how a, a grower is impacted. And just throughout the years, I've owned companies, right? And it all has to do with working through my family. Uh, my dad was a big, really, I would say, foundational aspect of me leaving the nest and getting a trajectory. I remember the first conversation my dad had. He goes, don't give all of our secrets away, right? Is podcasting really here for produce? And now, two and a half years later, it's, I love what you're doing. How can I support you? And so when you think about it from that lens, you're taking your experience in the supply chain and, and working at these different facilities, and then you move it into a logistics company. Are you moving that freight? Are you, are you what kind of, I guess, logistics are, are, are you, so think about are like, you a broker? No, like, no, no. So if you look at like my, the core business of what we do, um, I'm partnered up with a grower packer shipper in California that roughly has 600 acres of California citrus. So no, no brokerage at all going on, at all going on here. So more of a Thorpe it, We are a grower packer shipper. And then what we would do on that side, right, we're salesmen. Well, then when my logistics came in, my brother calls me one day and says, hey, I'm not working for XYZ anymore. I'm not going to tell you the name because you already know who they are in this industry. And he goes, I think we should start a logistics brokerage. We can get reefer units. We can get flatbeds. We can do dry, uh, dry units. And then we can also move medical equipment and things like that. It was about a month later, we come out, we start a little company called Decision Logistics. We were putting the decision in your hands, right, of what you wanted to do with your logistics. And yeah, we were a broker in that sense, but we contracted with our friends and our, and our other companies to say, hey, we're gonna do this, how can we support you? And then after about two years, uh, we moved on from that location, started a new brand, and then came into more produce. So as a, so, so you knew, I guess, sort of the nuances of shipping produce and, and what you wanted to, I, I, I guess, make sure all of the nuances that, you know, some of these brokers out here, one of the first things that they do, especially during this time of the year, is they're cold calling, they're cold emailing, and they're trying to get all these produce or, or produce companies in order to allow them to ship yeah. goods for them. So what are some of the nuances that, that maybe some of the freight brokers out there should be aware of? Stop calling, <laughs> stop emailing. You know, it's crazy. So I actually have a logistics sponsor uh, for our podcast. So John Green Logistics Company, they're asset based and they've got trucks, they've got trailers and they brokerage as well. Okay. But there's a very big difference of dealing with them. They're 100% relationship based. And there's, listen, trust me, everyone, if you follow me on LinkedIn, I appreciate it. But there's some of you logistics brokers out there that you spam our LinkedIn or you spam our content. That's going to get you thrown right out the bus immediately. No one wants that. With John Green Logistics, it's a no hassle approach. I say it so openly like that because they handle our freight. I never have to question. I never have problems with billing. The communication from the marketing manager and the sales managers, like I said, it's 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 almost like we're family. Like I said, it's like Olive Garden. When you come, you're family. It's like, you know, but so- you get the breadsticks you get, and also the, the really great salad dressing to go with it. That's how I feel at JGLC, you know what I mean? So even myself is, I, I, I get a lot of brokers that reach out all the time because they're like, I know you move product, let us help you. We could be your one-stop shop. Everyone, 
you look at my resume, I worked with C.H. Robinson for two and a half years. I, I understand how that brokerage model works. And again, the authenticity and the relationship is going to be the biggest key in grabbing a produce broker, or I'm sorry, a produce company, uh, because what we're looking at in this is what are you going to do for us to make sure the food gets to the destination in a safe and fast way? We're feeding America here. And I think that that was one of the things that um, I, I was listening to a, a couple of your interviews and you had mentioned how you want to work with asset providers that have dedicated shipments or have dedicated equipment and have handled produce shipment before yes. because it is so vitally important. What, what, what makes it so vital is because I guess the, the, the time from it leaves the farm to the grocery store, is it that? What are, I guess, some of the nuances great, that you're looking at? Well, for? it's a great question. Look at it like this. You have people that maybe they have reefer units, and I've got a lot of independent drivers that I know personally, and they'll say, I'll never haul produce. You guys are so picky. You want pictures of it if it's rejected by the driver, right? Oh, you want to, us to have, scan paperwork through Arizona for agriculture purposes. You don't pay enough for these routes. These are things I hear all the time, which is why they charge us so much money, right? Um, but if you've hauled produce, if you're a company even like JGLC that's been hauling produce for 60 years, uh, their drivers know. Some of those drivers are second generation drivers at the organization. So one, they know, hey, when we're delivering to Publix, we need to make sure that when we clock in, when we, when we update our people, when if they need pictures, we know to go outside and snap a picture. If you're a broker out there and you're still dealing with a flip phone, which trust me, people are still out there doing that, how can you take a picture of a rotten load or how can we utilize you? Remember, it's a relationship here. So if I'm gonna hire you as a truck, now you're part of my supply chain. I need to be able to trust every aspect of that supply chain and know you're in it for the food. And that's what's the most important to me. As I've said, it's about growing together and that's part of it. And so when you you are looking, I guess maybe you're you're in your unique situation. You already have that relationship, so you're not actively out there looking for for other logistics providers. Um, but for a lot of, I guess maybe those trucking companies that haven't found, there's a, a lot of trucking companies that get started every single day, and they're looking to find a niche. Is produce a good niche for them, or should they maybe try their hand at something else first? Or is produce what is the hierarchy of commodity? I love I love. Definitely the question. I, I would say um, produce is different. I mean, reefer units is different. If you own reefers now, obviously you already know because of the temperature, the temperature controlled units that you got to have, the DOT regulations on those reefer units. So it is a little bit more trickier right off the bat. So yes, you can look at it as a niche, right? But again, what I would recommend to you, if you're a broker, if you're someone out there, to contact these people and get to the farms, get to their locations, understand their cooler situations, look at their docks, understand the relationship, what you're getting yourself into. Because what a lot of people don't know is that you might have a family farm that they're pulling from that might not have a loading dock that you think that's going to be what you think a let's just go with a big branded company that everybody might know, right? You think of oranges, right? What do you think of when you go into the store and you and you think of oranges? You might think of Sunkiss, right? Sure. Are you, or you think maybe those little river fruit here. In oh, oh, that's right, <laughs> Indian River, or those little halos of those little cuties, oh, right? Yeah. So you think of that. That that facility has fifteen to forty docks. Boom, boom, boom. Well, now you call, you cold call Golden Star Citrus that has three docks. How do how is that trucker or broker ever going to know? There's no pictures on a website. There's none of that. 
and you're cold calling and then you finally get the order and then you show up and there's three dot and there's three trucks already lined up there with 20 trucks in the in the waiting yard next door see all of that has to do those are nuances inside of trying to figure out should i get into produce or not well no it's food mm. know that it could still be being packed as you go and that is a lot of frustrations that we get out of new people that come into the industry. They're saying, no, I got to charge you for hold times. I've been here for four to five hours. And we know that's a big thing within the trucking industry. We know it. But we also have food that needs to go out safely in a timely manner, too. Mm -hmm. And that's where I always go back to, right? And so that's the big communication that a, that a lot of, I guess, produce shippers or aspiring produce shippers should be aware of if you're going to go into this market, if you're going to target that niche market. So it's a don't cold email. <laughs> don't cold Call. Don't spam, <laughs> don't spam LinkedIn pages. I, I mean, I'll be real with you, everyone. Uh, I got hooked up with JGLC. So I went to a virtual event in 2020 and we went to a breakout room and I met Maddie Fisher. Maddie Fisher was the marketing manager of JGLC. And it literally, it went from a conversation of her asking questions to the group. And I was like, what does she do? Had nothing to do with trucking. But it made me think, what does she do? I come to realize later, she's talking marketing and she's talking about, oh yeah, this type of fruit. I'm like, so who do you work for? And she's like, oh, a logistics company. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, we haul produce, we do this, we haul drive it, blah, blah. And I'm like, I would have never guessed that. Two, an organic two and a half years later, Maddie and I talk a few times a week. We're working on projects together. John Green Logistics is a fancy sponsor of the podcast. And now when we go to these events, it's like people are like, oh, I got to meet Maddie. I, you know, I hear she does great for the industry. I hear this. And now it's like people are reaching out to her now, right? Not just not because of me, but like they see that authenticity. They see that it's not about shipping. It's about the overall thing. Uh, I would say the overall thing, the overall concept, which is we're shipping produce here. Every time you piece of, put a piece of food in your mouth, it really will make you happy. Very well said. Very well said. Now, when you talk about relationship building, you're, you're using the podcast as sort of a mechanism to, to, I guess, strengthen a lot of those relationships because you, you mentioned the logistics sponsorship that comes onto yep. your, into your podcast. How do you take a, how do you take a topic like produce and turn out several episodes all the time about it? How do you keep finding the topics to talk about? I love produce. I mean, if you listen to my podcast, I say one thing, um, try something new, right? So every year I don't have a new year's resolution, like stop biting my nails or, you know, all these weird ones that people, I'm going to go work out. No, not doing that either. And so for the last few years, I've had the concept of a new year's resolution of try something new. So in the concept of my podcast, if I take that into the concept of that and try something new, well, from A to Z, we have apples through zucchini. I'm pretty sure if I start and go down the list, I can find someone to have a conversation with me about some produce that I do not know about. And that's, it, one of your videos too was mangoes. It was a whole episode on just mangoes eating the right way, peeling it the right way. Yeah. Is this the kind of topics that you explore like with different, I guess, because I think for a person like me, I love produce. I love, you know, fresh fruit and things like that. I'm from Florida. But when I go to some of these like farmer's markets, I have no idea what half of the stuff is. Is that part of the exploration process for you? 100%. Like I didn't know what a leche was until this year. And it was, it was so funny because Dan, the produce man, we're, in, we're sitting in, uh, in Tampa and he, we go to Whole Foods and he buys these leches and, and I'm like, 
what are we going to do with this? <laughs> and he's like, oh, Patrick, when I was, I used to own my store, these things look like little eyeballs. When you pop them out, I used to throw them on the floor and squirt ketchup. And I'm like, we're going to eat these? And he's like, yeah. So I try them. I did not like it. Okay. It happens, right? And I, you know, I said to myself, this is not for me, right? But I still tried it, right? Just like Rambutan, uh, just like, like I said, lychee, just like star fruit, dragon fruit, all these things that I probably would have said no to before, I'm now exploring so that when I explore it, guess what? I can tell you 20 fun facts on how to eat and pick mangoes because I've now done it myself. And so that's what you're using the basis of to determine what kind of content you're going to talk about in the future because you come from a citrus background, but maybe some of these other, you know, parts of produce, is is that affecting, you know, I guess maybe the larger goal of what you're shipping as for you as a business owner or are you just going to stick with citrus and then use the podcast as sort of an educational journey? Yeah, so I will not sell other produce. (laughs) Um, I love my citrus and I love my citrus community and I've always, I'm always going to stick to that. The podcast is definitely to help grow the industry together. Um, now in the essence of time are more businesses coming near us because of the podcast a hundred percent. but I'm never one saying, Hey, we're utilizing the podcast to do this. If someone tells me no one says, I don't want to do citrus with you. I said, Hey, fantastic. If you're ever interested in the podcast, we'd love to talk to you about that as well. And we're a no hassle, no hard sell approach. And so when you're, you're talking to them about this, are you trying to, what other, I guess, benefits come out of the podcast and, and using the, the, I guess, as a jumping off point for conversation? Is it part of that relationship building that you mentioned earlier? So if you look at it like a trade show, right? You, if you have a booth, what's your goal? Draw people into your booth, right? So you look at the same concept. I take, uh, we have a trifecta approach is what I call it because we have three organizations. We've got a Golden Star Citrus, which I work for, right? Flavor Wave, which I'm partnered with with Michael Chavez, and then the Produce Industry Podcast, which is an extension of the brand, right? So now if you look at that, I immediately go in and say, hey, we'd really like to talk to you about citrus, right? And they say, no, thank you. Hey, no problem. Do you have any ideas about tech and what you're going to do for your organization about tech? Because that's what Flavor Wave is. And then they say, no, we actually don't. Well, fantastic. Well, here's our podcast card. We'd love to talk to your organization, no matter what, about how you're doing great for the industry. You look at that trifecta approach. They're going to look at all three of those and go, wow, this guy's really out for the industry, not for himself. Let's figure out and at least have a conversation with them. And then we bring our team involved to have a marketing, a sales manager. And then it's not just about myself and the podcast. It's about how we grow the industry together. I keep saying that a lot. And that's what helps the growth. It sounds like there's a lot of synergy between marketing of the show and the actual like stuff that you're making, like tangible yeah, and items I, and, that you can eat in real life. And there's a lot of tangibles because we'll do videos for sponsors. We'll do audio, you know, uh, for sponsors, like actual building them audio content. We'll build them marketing. We'll help them with geo-targeting, geo-fencing when they're selling to certain retailers to actually drive awareness of that podcast. So we're not just saying, hey, your podcast is going to release next Monday and don't worry about it. No, we're going to say, all right, Golden Star, where's your product at? And they're going to say, well, we're in Tampa in all these zip codes. We're going to pull out advertisements through Facebook, Instagram, geo-target these exact zip codes, geo-target those exact grocery stores. And then anybody who goes into those grocery stores now knows, hey, when I walk in, bing, 
oh, got to pick up my 10-4 pack of Flavor Wave oranges. And so when you're, consu- so it's not just you're just having these guests on your show. You're you're creating that marketing for them. I didn't know that that was another aspect of your business. Can you expand on that a little bit? I mean, I can in a little bit, and that's still part of my sponsorship. So um, I always say that's when you become a sponsor and you become a customer, right? Um, we're going to get you diving deep into things that you probably never did before. If you're a trucking company out there, a broker, um, listen, it's really interesting. And I'd love to tell you this in the shortest time span possible, but it's like, think about it like this. I was driving through Tampa the other day. My buddy starts talking about, Hey, I really want to get back into the gym. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Me too. And he's like, and I don't do a gym. Everybody just letting you know. And he's like, no, I really want to get into this. And I'm two days later, I'm scrolling through my phone and all these like karate gyms and jujitsu gyms and everything shows up. Man, I signed up for jujitsu. Me and my son, like we're in it now. We're, we're, we're on like, you know, four weeks of jujitsu. And that right there is what we do. I mean, so on another aspect, you're a sponsor. You're going to hear it. You're going to talk about it. You're going to go into a store. You're going to say, I need oranges. You're going to type oranges in your actual notes in your phone. I'm sorry to say, yes, there's tracking on like all of this. That's why it says allow to track, allow not to track, right? Um, So that again is part of that package where we're gonna say we're gonna help build that and then we have deliverables to go back and say, hey, we're helping support you. This is how you can support us. And if you're a logistics carrier out there and you know you're gonna spend money on marketing, this is a good way to get in to people to help them expand their business as well. 100% because I mean, I feel like that is where supply chain really became the top of mind conversation for a lot of folks is really within that March 2020 to May when all of those conferences that you were thinking about attending, when they all went virtual, all of us had to move our communication strategy to online and that's where you saw a lot more supply chain and logistics podcast starting to pop up, including yours, including several other within the industry. What do you think as far as like the growth of this industry? Because one of the things that I hear often is there's, I feel like there's too many people already that's doing supply chain and logistics and, and that anything, the intersectional of, of that, those two industries yes. is too saturated already, even though there's not a category on Apple podcasts. For supply chain at all, um, people have said it feels oversaturated. What advice would you give to them? You got to keep it niche and you got to keep it relevant. I can tell you that, you know, I pull the Gary V aspect. Um, when you look at competitors, I'm not focused on my competitors because they're irrelevant to me at the time. Um, and I say that with all respect to them as well, because I'm not worried about what you're doing because why? It's got to be relevant to the situation. If you're going to have a podcast within produce and you start talking about sports, get out of here. If you're going to have a logistics podcast and you're going to start talking about uh, something else, right? Um, Comic books, get out of here. You know, so those are things that I, that I look at, you know, we had a high profile guest on um, our show. Uh, You might know him, Bo Jackson. And um, we told, we made an agreement. There was no sports talk. And it was great. It was one of the most authentic conversations of laughing and having a good time. And that's what it's about, right? So it's about relevance. So as all these people come up, they don't understand what to talk about, right? Because they might be doing it because, hey, I got to promote my uh, consulting business. Hey, everybody else is doing it. I'm going to bootstrap off of them and start selling sponsorships. I mean, there's so many ways that you can look at this. We have over 70 podcasts in the produce and supply chain industry now, over 70, meaning that we're making you choose who to listen to. I don't want you to have to choose. I want you to know what to go for 
for, for the right information that you need. So yeah, if you're thinking about starting a podcast and you only have seven episodes in your head, don't start it yet. Start when you have 40 episodes in your head. Think about consistency. Think about clarity. And think about relevance in the industry. Perfectly well said. Where can folks, you know, follow more of your work? I guess many, any sort of, well, first let me back up. What are you working on for the rest of this year? What can you sort of tell us about? Anything you got in the, in the um, works, episodes planned? So, uh, you know, I highly recommend, obviously, go listen to previous episodes. Every episode that we bring out, I have a joy of doing, as I say. So I'm always like, oh, yeah, you want to listen because, as I say, the day you grow old is the day you stop learning, okay? And I feel like I'm consuming so much knowledge from these supply chain experts that is just so much fun for me. So as I said, we have a lot of good produce and supply chain experts coming up. We're bringing people on the show that aren't in uh, like the actual produce. We, ha- we interviewed the CEO of Dude Wipes and you know those types of things because we're showing how branding, how marketing can set you apart. Um, we have some cool projects coming up as we're going to be live at produce actual events this year, having full videos, four cameras. We're going to have all audio video crews coming out, following us around and really taking the track of what the produce life really is. And then we're actually, we're, it's not set in stone yet. Um, but I'm going to throw this out there. We are looking for a very dynamic woman for the show uh, to be a co-host because we want to bring the women leadership in. Podcasting regardless, produce, um, women are on the rise and we need you. So we're looking to expand in that nature as well to bring the women aspect of it and how they're growing in produce, how they're building to be leaders in the supply chain and how they're making, I say, a better difference um, than what the old man did back then. Um, so that's kind of what I'm working on as well. And we have little fun things that we are going on. Virtual networking hours. We're coming up with produce trading cards and we're working on our first NFTs for the produce industry as well. Unreal. So you got a lot of things in the works. Where can folks follow all of these things that you got going on? I'd say you can follow us on LinkedIn, the Produce Industry Podcast, Twitter, the Produce Pod, the Produce Industry Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, our YouTube channel, the Produce Industry Show, Uh, Look forward to seeing you. And as I always say, we'll see you in the fields and on the horizon.